From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is a podcast of KZYX's local coronavirus update for Friday, October 23, 2020. On Fridays, Alicia Bales talks with Mendocino County's public health officer, Dr. Andy Corrin, about the county's response to the pandemic and listeners call in with their questions. Good afternoon, everybody. It's three o'clock on Friday, and we've we've settled into this comfortable rhythm now of every Friday at three o'clock getting a briefing from Dr. Andy Corrin, our Mendocino County Public Health Officer. So welcome, Dr. Corrin. Thanks for being here on KZYX. Hello, hello. Hello, and we're also um, happy to have Becky Emery here, the Department Operations Center Manager. And we also have Ashley Tusky here, who's the PIO for Public Health here in Mendocino County. So we've got a, a full roster of folks to help us figure out what's going on with coronavirus locally this week. Um, you want to start by just giving us a snapshot of how the week is going and what the local numbers are? Well, I'd like to. I'm pulling it up just as we speak. Now, I've been out of town so I am a little bit in the dark about how things are going here, but I can guarantee you that from the news that I was listening to as I was driving cross country, things are going much better here than they are in many, many parts of the United States right now with coronavirus. Yes, I mean, if, if you look at it, the United States got really shocked with uh, New York, New Jersey, and then LA was also big in San Francisco. And, Seattle. Um, and then it uh, it sort of everybody learned lessons and uh, has clamped down. Some some areas have improved quite a bit. Other people, uh, other states seem to have denied it, and it's gotten much worse. Principally in the South and the Midwest, that everybody's seeing this explosion now. Um, and here we are in Mendocino, part of the state that has stayed pretty stable and in pretty good shape, but we are still purple. So you you know what the purple tier is. It is the most widespread uh, tier, but we hover close to red, <laughs> and uh, and it's uh, it's uh, interesting. We when we have an outbreak, a small spike, it just sends us back to purple. So let's just go over the numbers as they are right now. Uh, we have had 1,121 cases in our county. Uh, at this point, there's only one in the hospital, and uh, we have 67 people in isolation. Our daily positive case average over seven days, seven days ago, at this point is 6.71. But, and that's under seven, which is the cutoff of being in red. But you have to be in that situation for two weeks before the state considered us red. So we were uh, in red uh, for one week from October 4th to October 10th. And then October 11th to October 17th, we just got the word on Monday, Tuesday, I think. No, we're in the purple. So it sets us back um, and we're, we're working on it. Our data recently, you know, except for there was a couple of extra pieces yesterday. I keep saying, oh, we're looking good. We're looking good. And I'm, often, I'm cautiously optimistic. But no, we've, we've had our numbers really be low for a number of days. And then we'll get 9, 10, even 13, that kind of thing. Uh, just see if I can pull this up a little differently. And, and what's our um, percentage positive? You know, the percentage positivity is uh, 3.73 at this point, which is a good number. It shows that the amount of virus hovering around the community is low from our surveillance testing. Um, and uh, and we hope to be, you know, maintaining it low. There, 
there are some additional things we are starting to do um, and uh, and some things that are maturing. So one of the things we're beginning uh, this week is to do, and it's not going to be so secret, it's what we call secret shoppers. So some of the people from the health department go around and, and look at uh, uh, things like how restaurants are doing or food processing is doing. Well, some of those people are also going to be looking at uh, how various businesses are uh, performing in terms of, um, you know, the, the orders to, to um, mask distance, both among the employees and, the, and the, uh, their customers, and what's happening, because we've had some business outbreaks. But it's not, you know, to cite people, it's to educate, it's to, you know, make sure that, you know, if, if there's something that we can help them improve, we want to. In fact, we're looking for great signs. If somebody has a great sign outside their door, we want to we want to you know spread that around. So it's really an educational thing. And I think I just got off of a, a conference of all the purple counties in California. We're all sharing our misery. Uh, what can we do? What haven't we done? What do we have? You know, and um, you know, it's an educational process. And so a lot of individuals have been educated, and there's a lot more mask wearing and social distancing that's gone on i'm sure in the last month but in the first few months and it's it's going on but it's an educational process and it's of a whole population so we want to have a little presence out there that people you know know we're coming around uh but aren't scared about it and hopefully it'll be a good thing i mean when there was an when there have been outbreaks in businesses the business owners have thanked us for coming around and saying well you know this area you could improve this and that area you can improve that and that's what I hope will, will go on. Right. It doesn't benefit anybody to have uh, bad practices continuing and infecting people. Um, let me ask you, are the other purple counties, the, the woebegone pur- purple counties in, in California, are they also starting this secret shopper program? With, with and I, uh, Is it public health folks who are going to be going, checking out different businesses and just seeing how things are going? You know, I think there's a little bit of controversy about whether to do that or not. And I didn't hear anybody else say they were doing it. I heard a number of people say that that's a good idea. Uh, we're all looking for ways to turn our counties red. Yeah. And looking for, it sounds like you're going to be doing, um, you're going to be doing, looking for the good as well as the places that need improvement. So it's not just a bunch of spies going out there to bust people, but it's, uh, it's that just seems like a no brainer really that people should be going to see out in a systematic way and seeing how things are going in the County. I think that'll be good. I assumed it was already happening. Well, to a certain extent it has been happening, but you know, there's an issue of personnel. And there's what messages does that send? And we don't want to be, you know, we don't want we don't want the pushback that we're issuing orders that everybody has to follow as an order. We're issuing guidance. And if you, if you look actually at the California Department of Public Health, they issue us guidance, but it has to be in the form of an order uh, for legal reasons. But we want to help our county, you know, get open. That's what all of us want to do. It's bad for the economy. It's bad for individuals. It's bad for the kids. Uh, we, we really, really need everybody on board to be doing the masking, social distancing, washing their hands. And if they own or work in a business, making sure that that happens there. If they're thinking about having family over, they want to make sure that, oh, are these people, you know, in my social bubble? Are they in my, uh, my um, household unit? If not, then we've got some talking we have to do. Right. And it's, uh, yeah, it, we want to reopen safely. Um, you said there were a couple of programs that were starting. What's the other one? 
So um, one of the groups that's really uh, interested uh, is the Chamber of Commerce, lodging industry, uh, the uh, vintners and, and uh, agricultural businesses. And they are uh, coming together to start their testing on site. And they're developing, you know, it's going to be costly, but they're going to assume that cost. And there are, uh, there are corporations and companies around that will send a van or whatever it is up to a site and uh, test the employees. And one of the problems with people getting tested is that they have to, you know, come to a place where we do testing. And if they're working hard and there are essential workers and they're working, you know, five, even seven days a week, they don't have much time to get away. But if we can put those, those testing areas right at or near their businesses, I think we'll have better uptake. Um, and when they do that, there's also education that happens. Uh, so they get to pick up a flower, flyer, there's discussion, people talk to each other, and it, it's, a good, it's a good situation. So that, that I'm looking great. forward to them doing that. Um, I also heard today that UCSF uh, has abruptly terminated its testing contract with uh, clinics in the county, which is, seems like probably not good news for you all today. I imagine that you're scrambling to figure out how to um, continue to have testing available in the clinics throughout the county. Um, can you talk about that news and, and how you guys are responding? Well, as you can imagine, they gave little over one week of notice and the clinics have really been great partners in terms of not only being on the spot in the communities where when people are sick they can get tested but they have also held a lot of our surveillance testing and they've gotten that up and running so this is a real setback however um, um and this is i'm going to mix good news and bad news at the same time um so our optum serve contract uh, is also not an ever never-ending contract that's coming up in the next month. However, the state has put together a um, conglomerate uh, to really ensure more and more testing in our state. So they put together OptumServe as the people who are going to manage the operations, um, a very uh, high-quality uh, manufacturer called Color to to uh, make sure that we don't have problems with ordering materials. And the uh, Perkins Elmer Lab, that is a well-known and large lab corporation in other states, but one is starting up in our state and will be dedicated to doing the surveillance here. So there are a number of packages that are going on. And I have the feeling we've, we've just put in an application to try and um, um, be approved for continuing and extending the current OptumServe service, and if possible, uh, we've also applied to extend that in another way to make sure it's available around the county. Whether we'll be accepted for that, whether I don't know. But we should we should be knowing hopefully in the next week. Becky, do you want to speak a little bit of that? No. No, I would say you've got it exactly right. We have requested the the two options, and um, we are very hopeful. But we just don't know um, you know what's going to be available as far as resources within the state, uh, and we are including in our request. Uh, the fact that UCSF testing is not going to be available, so it's a critical need for Mendocino County, hoping that that will help in our application to the state uh, and, and, and explaining the urgency of the need for our approval. Right. So is this going to be something like we were talking about months and months ago, the second lane for OptumServe that could possibly open up a testing site on the coast or in other, other places? Yeah, it is like a second lane. I mean, they... One of the packages is to just up and open a second lane. 
what the package we've applied for at this point is um, is a mobile team. So we could have it go around to various places in the county, do it on a very regular basis, but also have it available to all the all the whole population everywhere in all the communities. I mean, people have to drive a little bit, but it won't be everybody coming to often serve here at the fairgrounds. So right in Ukiah. You know, the state has also distributed that new antigen test called Binax Now, uh, which is a rapid testing um, uh, device, and, and it does not require a machine, and it can be done and moved around and done in portable sites. At this point, it's for people who are symptomatic. And so we've distributed it to clinics, and uh, we're thinking about uh, the emergency rooms, but all these places have uh, rapid testing as well. We're, we're looking at some other potentially creative uses of that Binax now. We've, we've got quite a supply, and it seems like it's coming for a while. Not a, there's never a guarantee in these things. Uh, but we're looking for some other creative ways uh, to use that technology as well. We really do need to increase the testing in our community. It, it keeps down people. There's a little question about whether uh, you know, doing more testing is going to uncover more positives which it will and we want because that's the only way we can contain those infections. But overall, it decreases our positivity rate also. So it, you know, right. it shows that we have a lower you know, amount of infect, infection in the community. So increased more, and, and the other thing that was on this call that I was on with all the purple counties was when they, when they looked at what San Francisco has done, I was floored at this, uh, but they have increased their numbers of testing uh, um, per 100,000 people doing the range of 550 per day. And some of the counties are actually giving oh, awards wow. for getting tested. I mean, it's a, it's a big, big deal. Uh, so well, who the, gives these awards? <laughs> some of the counties, some of the richer, smaller counties. Are, counties? <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is, this is happening. I don't, there's no way that our county can afford that. Uh, we are putting money into, you know, Great Plates and other other places that we support um, our um, the sites that we have had uh, for um, people who are positive and need another place to live. We, you know, we do that. Um, well, San Francisco this week was uh, San Francisco this week shifted into the yellow. So we can dare to dream up here in, in purple Mendocino County, but whatever it is that they're doing is obviously the right thing. So if you can take their example and, uh, you know, obviously the testing is, is crucial. It's just, we can't do any of the rest of this without the testing. Well, it's testing and it's also, you know, cooperation with our, with our clinic partners. They've been great partners. They're doing a huge amount of work and they really want to continue doing it. And I don't think we can move forward as a county without, their support and without our supporting them. Yeah, so they've been there's that phenomenal. and then there's all the communities yeah. and people who listen and do. Yeah, so much amazing work. So many people in the county rising to the occasion. I, I went and got a test at OptumServe this week and uh, in Ukiah because that's where I live and it's extremely convenient. Free testing. We didn't make an appointment. We walked in. It was totally fine. Uh, and it seems like a modern miracle that you guys have have kept that site running and and running so well it's just phenomenal and so that work along with the work of the clinics in this county and the the quick 
uh, and really uh, astute response when outbreaks happen. Um, it's just, I mean, if, if you really stand back and look at it, it's, it's amazing what people are doing. So thank you for that. <laughs> and then we continue on these Fridays to pick your brain about what's going on and, and uh, allow people to call in and ask their questions. So let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. It's 707 895-2448 here at KCYX. You can call in and go, be uh, right live on the air with Dr. Andy Corin, our public health officer here in Mendocino County. If you have thoughts, concerns, questions about the coronavirus situation here and how the county is responding uh, or any questions about what's, you know, upcoming holidays. I know Halloween is 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 coming up next week uh, and there's a lot of questions about how uh, the county can safely uh, participate in Halloween festivities. Uh, so that number is 707-895-2448 and the lines are open. So feel free to call in and we will, uh, I'm, I'm actually zooming in along with everybody else today. So Eddie is on controls in the, in the on-air studio in Philo and he'll go ahead and pick up that, the, your call and put you right on the air. Um, so, Dr. Corin, anything else um, uh, while we're waiting? Oh, we do have a call. Never fails. So let's go ahead and take that first call. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, doctor. Hello. Hi. Uh, well, I was listening to your little discussion about um, secret shoppers and yeah. uh, the idea of sending people around to inspect various businesses, and it occurred to me how about instead of the stick, we use the carrot approach? And you come up with some sort of a certificate that uh, a gold star or, a, you know, a county seal or something uh, that awards that business for following county health ordinances down to the uh, letter. And they could place it in their window, and number one, uh, people would know that this place has been looked at by county health officials, and number two, they'll feel more comfortable about going in there, and number three, other businesses may go, hey, I want one of those too. Um, anyway, it was just a thought. I'll take my answer off the air. Thanks. That's a great thought. I love it. We love creative ideas, and that certainly is one, and I think we'll get on that. We'll try and devise a way to do it. I think that's great. Somebody's got to come up with some nice poster ideas. We have another call. A little Mendo seal of approval. This business is COVID compliant. All right, let's take our next call. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Oop. Are you a dial tone caller? Okay, you're live on the air, caller. Yes. Um, hello? hello? That's you. Yep, hello? go ahead. Uh, how long... Is the contract with OptumServe is the first question. And the second question is, are businesses allowed to have at-risk people just wearing a splash guard without any mask at all in the front of their store as cashiers? No mask, um, just a splash guard. I'm happy to take the first part of that call. OptumServe has been approved by the state through November 30th of this year, and we are working with them, as Dr. Corrin shared early on in the uh, briefing, uh, working with the state to um, hopefully have additional options through Mendocino County. 
Okay, and then what about this perennial splash guard question? Could you repeat the question? Did we lose the collar? Okay, so the question was, uh, is it acceptable to wear a, a face shield without a cloth uh, facial covering? Uh, does that comply with Mendocino County's guidelines for people who are working with the public? So it is better to wear it with the drape underneath the um, the face shield. However, that has not been described in our orders. Um, remember, the face shield protects the wearer a little bit. The mask protects the you know whoever is around the wearer. So we would rather have you know in the case of uh, people who are who are working close like cashiers, it's nice for them to wear the mask and the face shield, which is what I've seen. Uh, but the face shield protects the community, or the, uh, the uh, mask protects the community. If the face shield is worn with a drape underneath it, it will also protect the community. So it's better, but it has not been a mandatory part of our mm -hmm. order. Yep, I ran into one of these in town last week. It was a cashier at a local business, and uh, I, I actually have stopped doing this but i said something to them and i was told you know too bad what do you want me to do about it and, and i thought i am not coming here anymore because that person is not wearing a facial covering that will protect the customers in this business so i i hope that the county can give some more guidance about that because it's it's just unsettling to go in and see somebody working with the public who's just wearing a face shield but anyway i don't want to editorialize too much let's go on and take our next call Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Anyway. Hi. Um, I have a theoretical question. Well, not theoretical. It's actual. A friend of mine called me this morning and said that she was feeling ill and had gone down to get a COVID test yesterday, and then on her way back she started being feverish. She said she won't get her results back for four to six days, and I had a very brief encounter with her Sunday evening. What's the protocol for this? I have other things that I have to do and people that I'm going to be with that are in my circle, but this was just a brief dropping vegetables off sort of thing. So uh, what should I worry about? If she has been sick, she did the right thing to get tested. She should now be under isolation until yes. she gets her results. Okay. Um, let's say, let me just ask you, when did she start having her symptoms? I you know, believe precisely. it was today's Friday, Wednesday. So she went down when? and on Thursday and got tested. Okay. Um, uh, I so, saw her briefly Sunday evening, and I dropped something off for her, and she oh, come and see my grandchildren pictures. And I stepped inside for less than two minutes and went, went out again. I was masked. She was not. Okay. So I, would, I think you're lucky, and you're, you did the right thing. Um, however, on, if she was sick on Wednesday, then Monday might have been a time when she was already infectious. We okay, look at two days before symptoms start as the okay. time when we So if I saw her Sunday, her. I'm probably in the clear. You're probably in the clear. But okay. uh, you could get tested. You can always get tested. Yeah. And wearing your mask. You did the right it, thing so. to wear your mask to help, help other people. Listen, I walked into a small store and the attendant was uh, sitting down without his mask. And I stopped it. There was nobody else in the store. 
And I stopped at the door and I said, do you guys wear masks in here? And he said, oh my goodness, and went and put it on. But otherwise, I was really going to, I was going to turn around and go out. And that kind of messaging is, is useful. Anyway, well, but thanks for the call. Yeah, I, right, and, I, you, and I have seen people with those shields on and no drape and no mask underneath. But also the situation you just described. So if you're in a small store and these droplets can live in the air for however long, you know, aspirated or whatever, and they haven't had their mask on until the minute you walk in, all the air blowing around in the store could also possibly be infected if they were carrying it. Yeah, that's true. Um, we think of those, you know, those droplets as sinking down uh, over six feet, um, and airing the store out is good. But yeah, there's some risk to that. All right, thanks for that call, caller. Those are like the everyday, real life things that are going on for all of us in the county and across the country. I can attest it's the same. We went through many states, and actually, they're eating in restaurants and. Even in Nevada, they're smoking in their restaurants, so we didn't stay. <laughs> but anyway, it wasn't Mendocino County anymore. Do we have another call, Eddie? All right, so um, let's go ahead and unless we get another call in the next minute or two, uh, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up. I'd love to hear um, just what you anticipate for the next week for Mendocino County. Are we going to head into the red? Uh, and if so, what does that mean for us? So, you know, I'm an optimistic guy, and if you ask me, are we going to head into the red, I'm saying, well, we're going to keep those numbers down, and we're going to be red. It doesn't mean that we're going to be in the red tier yet. We have another couple of weeks to earn, to earn the red tier. When we do earn the red tier after two weeks of being in the red, stores can begin to open at a limited amount, certain stores, certain enterprises, uh, things like gyms, things like uh, there's certain amount restaurants will be able to open, but it's only a certain limited number of people to win. Um, after we're red for two weeks, the schools can begin to open. So we're looking forward to that and working with schools on that. Uh, that's the that's the near optimistic vision. Okay, and so I'd love hmm. to have that happen. So everybody work on that. All right, and and for all of us pulling together in the same direction, what does it mean to work on it? Masks, distance. And hygiene. And testing. No gatherings. What were you saying, and, Becky? I said, and testing. And we will be two, having two testing events coming up. We're doing one in Point Arena on this Saturday from 9.30 to 12 o'clock at the Point Arena Veterans Hall. And we are doing another one in Fort Bragg on Tuesday uh, from 9.30 to 12.30 at the Mendocino Coast Clinic. And that's at 205 South Street in Fort Bragg. So absolutely come get tested. It's always a good thing to do. And those are free tests. Do you need an appointment for either of those? They are free tests and no appointments are required. All right. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, anything else that people can do? Flu shots? Absolutely. Thanks for reminding me. Flu, 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 flu shots. I should have said and test, 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 but <laughs> so, so flu shots. Let's get flu shots. This is a, a twindemic we don't want to suffer through. So everybody should get a flu shot. Mask does not protect you from the flu. The best protection for the flu is a flu shot. All right. And finally, uh, in terms of parents thinking about Halloween next week, uh, any guidance for folks about how to keep everybody safe? and not turn Halloween into a super spreader event? Yeah. Well, I like to start off by saying have fun. 
decorate your pumpkins, decorate your house, do all the decoration you can. Uh, if you celebrate uh, Dia de los Muertos, then also do those decorations and preparations as well. Um, there are some safe things when you go out, but trick-or-treating and trunk-or-treating is not are not accepted. And the reason why is because people will will uh, will uh, congregate around you know whoever has the treats, and that's exactly where the uh, infection can be transmitted. But there are some safe things to do outside, like walking around with little children and looking at decorations, just making sure you're keeping your six feet apart, you know, using masks and that sort of thing. Um, there are uh, some other activities that are planned in the communities by the city, uh, city government and by other uh, organizations. And uh, we hope that people will utilize them. Um, so decorate, have fun, wear masks, but they should be masks for, for uh, COVID, not the decorative masks. You use decorative masks, that's okay, and you can decorate the masks that are for COVID. But, you know, don't expect the two of don't put the two of them together because that's dangerous. And don't expect a Halloween mask is going to protect you or the community against COVID. Okay, and it's dangerous to wear a Halloween mask with a COVID mask? Yeah, you don't want to double them up because there could be some obstruction to breathing. Okay, good to know. See? All of these things that we need a doctor's advice for. Who would have thought? <laughs> I, I saw something online where they were talking about putting COVID masks over your Halloween mask. No. I, didn't, I don't know. The logic. We come up with no. such brilliant ideas. <laughs> the, the Halloween mask could be your eyes and cheeks and that sort of thing. And that would be over a mask that covers your nose and your mouth. But not one over the other. All right. Well... That's going to do it for us today with the, the uh, local coronavirus update with our Friday update with Dr. Andy Corrin, our public health officer here in Mendocino County, and Becky Emery, our Department Operations Center Manager. And today we also had uh, Ashley Toski, who is the PIO for Public Health. Thank you. You were sort of a, a cameo appearance there for sitting in for Sarah Duquette. It's great to get the update. Thank you so much for um being here for KZYX's listeners, and thanks everybody for calling in and for staying engaged on this issue. Uh, hopefully we can keep it up and not get too fatigued, but continue to take care of each other and do what needs to be done to, to bring our numbers down. Um, so yeah, so we'll talk to you next Friday. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the local coronavirus update from KZYX and Z, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time to KZYX Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Williton Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.